from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. A plan for Ukraine. Well, they want to try to start moving grain in containers because the rail system can move lots of containers. Howard Buffett says he'll spend millions helping Ukrainian ag in 2023. Container rates plummet following a pandemic era surge and coverage ahead of spring planting from North Dakota. I think 2023 looks much more favorable. Michelle Rook at the CHS Ag Services annual meeting as negotiations ramp up over the grain corridor in Ukraine. Uh, they have every incentive to talk up wheat prices, so I think this will go down to the 11th hour. G20 leaders meet in India. Details today on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. The agreement that allows grain to be shipped from Ukraine through the Black Sea is set to expire this month, and both sides are already posturing ahead of deeper negotiations. Now, earlier this week, Russia said it won't agree to extend the Black Sea grain deal unless restrictions are lifted on its own ag sector. Leaders saying payments, logistics, and insurance remain barriers for its exports of grains and fertilizer. Now, the grain deal was originally signed to allow safe passage of Ukrainian ag products to export destinations around the world. Turkey and the UN helped to broker that original deal. Meanwhile, Ukraine is asking for additional ports beyond just Turkey be allowed to inspect shipments for weapons in order to increase the amount of product the country is able to move. The current deal expires on March 18th. Russia plans record exports of wheat during the second half of the, uh, the marketing year here. Uh, they have every incentive to talk up wheat prices. So I think this will go down to the 11th hour. You're going to hear a lot of tough talk coming out of Russia, uh, very similar to what we saw in November when uh, we were at the end of the initial uh, phase of the uh, grain export deal. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke briefly with his Russian counterpart this week at the G20 meeting in India for the first time since the war started. The battle between Russian and Ukrainian soldiers continues. Now, in areas that Ukraine has liberated, there's dangerous work to be done, including clearing unexploded mines that litter the ground in farm fields. Alex Marquat reports. The hulking armored mine clearer lurches into an open field. Over 40 tons, it spews exhaust, its tracks struggling across the muddy ground. Following close behind the mine clearance team, called sappers, they advance deliberately on the hunt for deadly explosives. This is delicate work. This was a Russian position, Russian trenches. And now these guys are working through here carefully, methodically, looking for mines, for booby traps, and even Ukrainian ordnance that was fired at the Russians who were here. Last September, a Ukrainian counteroffensive pushed the Russians out of these trenches. Now, Colonel Maxim Melnik's team has been charged with clearing any explosives. They have left many traps behind, and many of our brothers, our sappers, have died, Melnik says. Russia doesn't obey international conventions. They put mines on top of mines, leave booby traps, and use banned mines. Russian and Ukrainian mines are scattered throughout the Eastern Front, making Ukraine one of the biggest minefields in the world. Rockets and other explosives can often fail to detonate when they land, too, all of it posing immense danger to civilians. 
The sappers of Ukraine's DSNS emergency service, like Edward Harris-Semenko, who's a father of a 10-year-old daughter, are keenly aware of the danger. It's dangerous for everybody, he says. I wouldn't say we take more risks than others. Everybody is taking risks now. Harris-Semenko was demining before the war started. Seeing what Russia has done to his country infuriates him. They are just animals, he says. There's no other way to describe them. He finds and carries an unexploded rocket-propelled grenade to the side. Working day after day all across this country, D-miners know how much they still have left to do. After the war, the soldiers get to go home, but your work will continue for years. We will keep working for decades, Colonel Melnick says. This will go on for decades. All right, thanks, Alex. Human Rights Watch also has accused Ukraine of firing similar banned anti-personnel mines at Russian positions in this same area. Now, later in the show, part three of our exclusive interview with Howard Buffett and his plans for helping farmers in Ukraine in 2023. Ag Day at Ag Industry Days is brought to you by The Mosaic Company, creating innovative advanced crop nutrition products and practices. Every year, farmers from the Northern Plains make their way to the Alaris Center in Grand Forks, North Dakota for the CHS Ag Services annual meeting. Now this year, that includes our very own Michelle Rook. Michelle, how are things looking for this year's planting season there? There's a lot of optimism for the 2023 planting and growing season here in the Northwestern Corn Belt among producers and industry leaders. Because even if grain prices cool off some, they are looking at a strong outlook for production this year and lower input costs. Daryl Richardson with Endon gave an optimistic weather outlook for the spring planting season. From my analysis, the way I do my long range forecasting, I think 2023 looks much more favorable um, in the upper Midwest, Northern Plains than it has for the past few summers. I think there will be more moisture uh, this year. Temperature wise, perhaps not as warm as the past couple of years because the moisture means more clouds, but I still think we'll get close to average on that. And so if my analogs, the way I forecast past year, similar to this year, I think it'll be a pretty good growing season. And farmers are also optimistic because of the lower input costs and better availability. Got great snow cover on the fields and so in, in the fall a little bit dry, but I think that's going to be helpful for us for the upcoming growing season. Um, we've gotten a lot of, we personally have got a lot of inputs locked in at, at pretty decent prices and have uh, done a fair amount of marketing at what I consider to be a good place. So. I'm feeling pretty confident going in that we're going to have a good year. We also held a marketing roundtable, and the general advice for producers was try to sell as much new crop into a spring rally in case we do have a production bump here for 2023. Here at the CHS Ag Industry Day in Grand Forks, I'm Michelle Rook for Ag Day. Winter storms continue to work their way east. Meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joins us with the latest. Andrew? And we will continue to watch this dominant low pressure system here kind of working its way through the Tennessee and Ohio River Valleys. We're going to be watching heavy pockets of rain across parts of the southern half here of the Great Lakes and Midwestern states. And even the potential for a narrow access swath here of some heavy snow across portions of the Great Lakes. Let's zoom in on our severe weather threat for today. It does include in places like Nashville over towards Atlanta, Georgia here. And we're going to be watching the potential for a few isolated tornadoes, damaging wind gusts, heavy pockets of rain, 
and even the potential here for some small hill, but the heavier pockets of rain being the more likely source here. And again, check out some of those Great Lakes states, Illinois, Indiana, southwestern Michigan, northern Ohio could be looking at two to four inches of water, something that a lot of folks don't need right now as we've already been inundated with water as we ended out February. And we'll see more of that water working its way up along the New England coastline throughout this weekend. Meanwhile, in South Texas, planters are rolling. Gus sharing this photo on Twitter. He says they're having to use more pressure on his row cleaners to get seeds into moisture. Gus says so far so good, but the moisture is running out rapidly. They could use another rain. All morning drag day forecast in just a few. Well, markets were mixed up and down the board on Thursday. Michelle Rook joins us once again from Grand Forks with the very latest. And later, he spent nearly $150 million to help Ukraine last year. This year, farmer and global philanthropist Howard Buffett says he wants to double that. His plans for 2023 in the country. Soybeans rebound for a second day, climbing back above $15. Well, Michelle Rook joins us once again from the CHS Ag Services Annual Meeting with today's Markets Now. Greens ended higher except for corn futures on Thursday. Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing is joining us with analysis. And Dwayne, uh, we've seen a recovery now in both wheat and soybeans after what? You think we put the lows in or not? <laughs> That's a great question right away. I, I do. I, I think a lot of that selling, Michelle, was actually due to the end of the month. March option expiration created a lot of selling, a lot of Brazil selling for their new crop harvest. So, no, I think the lows are in. I'm questioning how much we recover, and I'm afraid we might have a little bit of a downward trend here going into spring. But I'd say March corn can probably bounce back to maybe around that 650 area, which is about 50% retracement of this recent fall. So corn was not higher on the day on Thursday. So was there any main reason for that, do you think? You know, there are some projections now out there that uh, Brazil might have a much larger corn, corn crop that we're even thinking. I think it's actually trending a little bit lower, but you know, it's not even planted the bulk of it yet, right? Because they raise most of their corn as that second crop of corn. So a lot of estimates flying out there, but yeah, I know there was one out there early this morning that had their crop even larger. So I think that put some pressure on the corn market today. That and exports uh, still 40% below where we were a year ago on the weekly report. Yeah, the exports are not good. And being a bull, I'm a little disappointed in that export demand and starting to realize that it's just not going to be there. So next USD report, they probably cut maybe 50 million bushels from that demand side there. And no confirmation of the China business that's been talked about on corn either. Right. Earlier this week, we talked about uh, China buying, what, three to four cargoes of U.S. corn. I think they did buy it. We didn't get that confirmation yesterday, but we could today. We could on Monday. All right. Thanks for joining us. That is Dwayne Bussey joining us with Bolt Marketing. And We'll have more Ag Day coming up. For marketing advice, call Bolt Marketing, a futures and options brokerage firm. Ag Day is sponsored by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Steel Closing Wheels, perfected in conventional, excels in no-till. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package. Just Andrew Whitmire joining us here with our national forecast. And Andrew, we've been talking about this storm system all week. Obviously, we had one last weekend. Looks like another doozy working its way across the Midwest. Yeah, March is really roaring here as we end out this work and school week here. And we're going to be watching again some heavier pockets of snow across northern Indiana, southwestern Michigan, northern Ohio. And this will eventually work its way up along the New England coastline as we head into the weekend. 
And let's zoom in on the northeast as we'll continue to watch more pockets of heavy snow moving on in and we could be looking at three to six inches of snow with isolated pockets of a half foot to maybe upwards of a foot of snow out across parts of the mountain ranges. And speaking of the mountain ranges, we'll also be watching a few more subtle systems moving their way up along the Pacific Northwest. And that'll be introduced with pockets of snow across the inner mountain west. And that is all thanks to some more pockets of colder air that will be intruding parts of the west coast. And eventually we'll all get a taste of that cooler weather here as we head on into next week all the way through mid-March. Notice how on the future radar we started that low pressure system down across to around the St. Louis area. And then as we head towards this evening, we're going to see that low pressure center up along the northeastern portion there of Ohio, the western portion there of Pennsylvania. On the north side, we'll be watching heavy pockets of snow. And notice how we get that cold front on the back side of that as well. We'll be watching pockets of thunder with that and even the potential of a few stronger storms. And then check out the northeast as we head throughout this weekend. Again, we'll be looking at heavier pockets of snow with that. And combine that with snow, wind will also be an impact with this low as well. Could be looking at a few wind gusts around the Great Lakes, Midwestern states, and even the East Coast, upwards of around 30 to 40 miles an hour. And this trend will work its way up along the New England coastline as well. Then we widen the picture out across the Plain states. As we close out this weekend here, we're going to be watching a lot of wind, a few more fronts that will be working their way through. And that again will lead to a pattern change through mid-March and that'll end if many of us are early spring-like temperatures for a short while. Temperatures this afternoon looking at 45 in St. Louis, near 90 in Jacksonville, Florida, 90 in Miami, 63 on Marillo, and 37 up into Billings. Let's look around the country. Now let's take a look at your Ag Day select cities. Going over to Florida, sunny and warm, high just a few degrees shy of 90 degrees. Going over to Oregon, rain and snow, high 43 degrees. And going into Michigan, we'll be watching the potential for some rain and snow showers. Those ocean shipping costs are falling fast. We'll tell you how much next. And later, as the battle in Ukraine enters its second year, Howard Buffett says his foundation stands ready to help the country's farmers impacted by war. Details today in the country. Get in the game and be part of the 2023 Bracket Busters Challenge presented by Case IH. It's Farmer versus Farmer for a chance to win the $1,000 top prize. Go to agweb.com to fill out your bracket once teams are selected on Sunday, March 12th. Another sign supply chain issues are easing following that global pandemic. Shipping rates are plummeting. According to the Wall Street Journal, the cost to ship a box from China to Los Angeles fell to roughly $1,200 this week. A year ago, it cost $15,600. And it reports that traffic from China's ports has slowed so much that empty containers are stacked six high and trucks with no cargo are common leading into major terminals. Shipping executives say the industry may be headed for a price war. Despite the outbreak of avian influenza, USDA says chicken is the most widely available meat. Now check out this graphic from the Economic Research Service. You can see chicken there in yellow. Now this shows in 2021, there was 68 pounds of chicken per person available for consumption. That's more than double the supply in 1980. Compare that to beef in gray at just over 56 pounds. You can see how chicken has surged past fish, pork, and now beef since 1940, when it was just 10 pounds available per person. The battle for Ukraine continues. Up next, how Howard G. Buffett thinks he can help the ag industry there 
in the country. In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio. What if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need, now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. As the war in Ukraine enters its second year, there are few signs it will end anytime soon. Farm Journal President Charlene Fink recently sat down with global philanthropist and Illinois farmer Howard Buffett. His namesake foundation has given millions of dollars in food, equipment, and expertise to Ukrainian farmers and civilians in 2022. Now in 2023, he wants to give even more. The needs are endless, the future uncertain. But that's not stopping Howard G. Buffett from standing up for those impacted by conflict. We were able to get 163,000 pounds of seed vegetable seeds for locals to grow their own food. But 163,000 pounds of vegetable seeds is a lot of seeds. And then this year we've already sent 616,000 packets of seeds. And he's continuing to look for opportunities to help feed people both in Ukraine and beyond. 90 some plus percent of all the grain goes through the Black Sea, which has been probably one of the biggest single issues for agricultural production in Ukraine. Now, as Ukraine looks to diversify its export corridors, rail is an option if they can solve one problem. There's a different gauge width between Ukraine and Europe. So Ukraine has a lot of rail cars for grain, but they don't work so well in Europe. His foundation is fronting the money for a new idea. Well, they want to try to start moving grain in containers because the rail system can move lots of containers and you can transfer the containers pretty easily onto European trains. The foundation is also looking to help lower interest rates for farm loans. On the ground, there will be a continued focus on demining farm fields. And we're making some progress on this, but we will spend a lot more money on demining. Um, and we've spent about $30 million on demining and it, it, it's gonna go on for years. Then there's figuring out how to move equipment and inputs into the areas that need it. I talked to the U.S. ambassador there a few, a few trips ago, and she said, you know, one of the things the Ukrainians really need are pontoon bridges. And I'm thinking, I would have never thought of that. It is the only way people are getting food. It's the only way they're getting medical supplies. It's the only way they can evacuate a uh, village that is going to be occupied by the Russians. It be, I mean, it becomes an absolute necessity for transportation. But getting them built will depend on what happens next in the war. As 2022 investments like buying those six rapid test DNA machines. And then you realize you have thousands of unidentified bodies. And hiring investigators continue. Last year in 2022, we spent $148 million in Ukraine. And then this year, our goal, our target is 300 million. 2023 is about big ideas. That's why we're looking at fertilizer, we're looking at seeds. You know, those are things that, you know, a minimum would have to be a $10 million idea. I mean, you know, it's better if it's a $30 million idea, but how you do that is not easy. But why? Why does Buffett believe Ukraine is worth the investment? If people cannot feed themselves and they cannot feed their family and a government cannot feed people, their population, it just breeds conflict. And so when Ukraine fails, in terms of their ability to produce agricultural products, 
the world becomes less safe. And that's all of our time this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Ag Day, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day in farm country. Closed captioning on Ag Day is brought to you by BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth.